Welcome to the Tiki Taka Podcast. I'm Holly Williams. When I die, I want to go to zone. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm Jeff Wall. You got a buzz! <laughs> god damn it. I'm Espandi Arberahini. Wow, now I'm tied for guests. We like to dive a little deeper than the beautiful game itself. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Tiki Taka podcast. In this edition, we are going to continue our Tiki Taka Dream Teams series. Um, We've already covered Italy and Spain. Basically, what we're doing in this series is just having a little fun emphasizing the fun part of it um just kind of creating our quote-unquote dream teams or dream starting 11s for each of these teams uh throughout the transfer window so like i said we've already covered italy and spain so this week we're going to do the top six in the premier league yeah so it should be pretty fun we'll just dive right into that jeff um i guess we'll start off with the league leading of the title winners, should I say, Manchester City. Uh, I have mine up here, so I will go first. I don't really have... So here's the thing. I don't really have much changed, really, at all for Manchester City. Um, obviously, I have their back line. Okay, we'll start off with Ederson and goal. Kyle Walker, John Stones, Laporte, and Angelino, or Angelino the left back that they kind of got back from PSV. Um, he was, he was from Manchester city and then he was loaned out quite a bit. I think he was maybe permanently at PSV for one season. And then now they've kind of got him back. Um, just because of their situation with Benjamin Mendy, I don't think he's really fit, uh, Pep system the way that everyone thought he would. Uh, also he's just kind of injury prone. So up and down with that, uh, not that I'm saying Angelino will kind of start right away, but would it surprise me? No, I don't think it would. Uh, obviously, we know that Manchester City has have already acquired Rodri from Atletico Madrid. I think he'll slot in right away in a kind of a single pivot situation. And then I have Kevin De Bruyne and Bernardo Silva um, just above him in the middle. And then I have Manchester City keeping Leroy Sané despite possible rumors of him leaving I just I kind of don't see it and then I have Aguero and Raheem Sterling um in the top as well so like I said not much really at all has changed at Manchester City I don't see them spending too much more money to me they just kind of need more uh more depth as opposed to changes in their starting 11 and uh I also find I also see that with another team um that we'll get to right after Manchester City uh, not much changes to the the starting positions necessarily, but definitely depth. I, I know, you know, with the with the departure of Vincent Company, I think another center back would be good for Manchester City. Rumored with Harry Maguire, but it's really, really heavily linked that Manchester United will beat them to the punch, um, which we'll get to that as well. But that's kind of what I have for uh, Manchester City. What about you, Jeff? So for me, uh, like you said, all I don't think it, not a lot's going to change. You know, such a great a great team, not a lot can change. Maybe, if, but there is obviously some 
I guess some weaker positions in the squad that aren't necessarily as strong as the rest of the the Manchester City squad. So I think uh, starting from the back, you got Ederson in goal, obviously Kyle Walker as the right back, of course. Laporte starting center back, and Hilo. I also believe we'll, we'll start there, and we'll talk about a little bit later why he's starting over a few other guys that may or may not be there possibly uh, co- uh, come the end of this transfer window. And I ha- I have Manchester City acquiring Harry Maguire. I think that that City is just so ambitious, and I think that Maguire does fit them pretty well. So I think he slots in there. I don't think I don't see Stones fitting in there. I think that they really want to fill that spot really well. Uh, I think he he adds, he definitely adds an aerial kind of uh, presence there uh, and a lot of strength as well. And although he's not the quickest, I do I do think he is very intelligent and he's really good on the ball as well. Uh, in the middle, I have Fernandinho starting for now. We'll see what happens with with Rodri, but I I, I kind of got to assume that Fernandinho will start. Uh, David Silva as one of the free eights, and Kevin De Bruyne as he comes back from injury, he's got to be the starter. I don't think there's any other way around that. Raheem Sterling starting on the right, and Riyad Mahrez starting on the left. I do think Leroy Sané is going to go, but either way, I'm not really sure that he'll start. To be honest with you, I think that. Uh, I think they're going to give Mars a go up there, and I think that he might actually do really well in the city uh, system with Pep Guardiola in another full season. And then obviously Sergio Aguero up top, nobody's dethroning that guy. Uh, so Holly, I guess we'll talk a little bit about the differences between our team. So obviously right off the bat, you don't see Manchester City uh, getting Harry Maguire. You see John Stones stepping up into that spot. Do you think John Stones can really step up into that position do you think he's ready now finally I think he is we saw kind of last season that he was um we saw more of a rotation of him as opposed to Otamendi and then especially when company was out for that period of time but you have Maguire going to City I just don't see it especially because uh we saw something similar to this last season with um or two seasons ago, sorry, with Alexis Sanchez, um, City and United were both heavily linked to him, and then obviously his his pay was just too high, and you know there was rumors that Jose Mourinho just didn't want Pep and City to get Sanchez, so that's kind of why they just forked out everything for him. Um, I don't think it's necessarily the same case for Harry Maguire, but I do know that Leicester City have kind of bumped up his price tag, so I don't know if City want to spend too much on him, especially because I think he'll just be a backup for them, whereas for United, as you will see in a few minutes, I think he would start. Um, But yeah, and you have Fernandinho uh, staying in the midfield there. I just don't see it. I think Rodri was kind of the perfect... Signing for them, they signed him early enough for him to get enough uh, involved in the team over the summer, preseason, all that stuff. So I just kind of see him starting right away. Okay, maybe not day one, match day one. We'll have we'll see Fernandinho or something like that. Um, but I think early on in the season, he'll kind of just take over that that position. I could see it. I do think that obviously, you know, he should have fresher legs and everything like that. And Fernandinho, like, you know, the, there's a lot of – there's a big, like um, – responsibility on his spot you know a lot of people say that you know without him the team really you know not not 
not to be too punny here, but the team does pivot around him, and he like you know he does so much work defensively, covering for for the back line. He he's such a great passer. You know he really helps tra- the the team transition from defense to offense and things like that. It is a lot on him, but I think Rodri too, when, when it comes to that, like that's a lot for him to mentally handle. He's not a very experienced guy. He's a very young guy, so there's things to be explored there. And plus Pep Guardiola, you know I think he needs some time to be in that system for a bit. He, he does show sometimes that he's not 100% that great on the ball. And also, he's coming from a very different system where there's a lot more defense going on, so it wasn't a lot of possession. With with this, Roger will have to deal with a lot of possession and you know a lot of teams trying to break past that, that high line that City's going to play. The one thing we both agree on, I think, is that Benjamin Mendy, I think that with the injuries and just a little bit of the off-the-field stuff, it does seem like City is keeping this well under wraps, but I think there is something going on with Benjamin Mendy and Manchester City. I don't think that he will stay there. I mean, talent-wise, I think he's definitely better than Angelo there, but uh, I I I think that there is something else going on, and plus the injuries. like the, He really can't stay on the field, and City wants to push for a Champions League, so they're, they're going to get the guys in there, get them their reps and rotations, and make sure that they can really push for a Champions League title. And uh, yeah, and that's that's uh, that's uh, basically. I mean, there is one thing. I guess um, you have Bernardo Silva though starting over David Silva in midfield. I thought that was pretty interesting. So you really, I mean, like I'm I'm very high on Bernardo Silva, but I I would be a little bit surprised to see him surpass David Silva this year, to be honest. Yeah, I just think that um, David Silva is slowly kind of winding down in his career. Um, you know, nine seasons, nine years at Manchester City is a a great accomplishment obviously and he has been such a key part in in their championship seasons in their and seasons prior to that but I just slowly see Bernardo Silva kind of taking over um, and being the new Silva at City but we'll move on to Liverpool now um like I said earlier uh, Liverpool is one of those teams where I don't see much changing in the starting 11. But uh, just again, for the sake of this, for this little game we play here, I do have two new additions to to the starting 11 um, in pretty important uh, positions. So we'll start off with goalkeeper Allison. Um, great season for for Liverpool and also for with Brazil in the uh, Copa America. So. Obviously, uh, he stays. I have Trent Alexander-Arnold, Virgil van Dijk, Andy Robertson, and Samuel Umtiti is who I have as their uh, second center back, their center back pairing there with van Dijk, just because um, I've never rated Lovren. I've never rated Matip. That's probably their really only weakness is is right there. I think if they had a solid center back pairing, um, then Allison would be doing even less work than he seems to be doing sometimes other than obviously making miraculous saves sometimes in the midfield I have James Milner and Henderson and then in kind of a further up the pitch not quite in a 10 roll not quite on the wing I have Philippe Coutinho just just for shits just to say that he goes back to Liverpool because they're winning now and trying to win a Champions League trying to win the title with them um we know that he struggled at Barcelona we've said that many times here on the podcast so just just kind of for the fun aspect I have him going back to Liverpool um and then the front three is unchanged for me we have Sadio Mane Roberto Firmino and Mohamed Salah as the uh 
front three. All right. So for me, I do have a few changes. For one, I do have a change in the formation generally. So I have them in a four-two-three-one formation. This is the 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 formation that they generally transition to uh, when they want to mix things up. And so I don't necessarily see it always being the concrete formation. I think Klopp's an adaptable manager, and especially with getting more and more depth as the seasons have gone on, I think he can really change it up. But I do think this might be his best one. I think it's what I would prefer personally. I think it is what he actually used a lot at Dortmund a lot of times. Um, and now, especially with a lot more players in similar with similar skill sets that he had at Dortmund, I think he can do this. So um, at the back, really nothing has changed for me. I don't have Samuel and Titi going there. I agree with you, though, that center back spot could definitely be helped. I do have Matip starting over Lovren. I just think he's a little bit more mobile, a little better on the ball, a little better in the air. Um, and then I have Keita and Fabinho starting in the two double pivot spots. Uh, I think Keita will serve as the ball progressor for sure in this system, as well as you doing some some just, uh, you know, kind of uh, screening, but further up up the pitch. Fabinho kind of being uh, more that destroyer slash regista kind of uh, position there. And then I have Sadio Mane and, and, uh, uh, Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah as the two wingers in their general spots. And then I have Roberto Firmino dropping into a 10 spot. And I have them getting Timo Werner from RB Leipzig because I think with that counter, with that counter press, that high press that they use, a, a lethal, fast, incredibly fast actually striker like Timo Werner, who is getting better with age. I really think that would be a lethal combination. That front three or four will have like so much attack that like because now you got essentially four very lethal attacking options. It'd be so hard to narrow in, on, like zero in on one guy and really take them out of the game. And I think Werner would be excellent. He's been linked there a few times. And I think with Roberto Firmino's like really, you know, his strong ability to create and kind of arriving in the box late sometimes playing as a false nine, the 10 spot is really not far from what he does, what he does really well. So I think that would be a nice transition for them. So, I mean, Holly, we both don't really see Liverpool... Not, I don't think it's for lack of ambition for sure. Mm-hmm. I think it's more the fact that there's not really a lot of suitable rumors that we've heard, right? We are basing this. It's it's supposed to be fun, but we're basing this also off of rumors. So like anybody who's kind of been rumored around either with a specific team a lot or maybe just generally have been kind of or even maybe said that they want to go. So so teams that – players that have been listed are kind of what we're going with. They're not really just going to say like, oh, Cristiano Ronaldo would be great on Manchester City, right? So – we, we've got, like, basically what we have here. And I just don't really see um, Liverpool changing that squad much. I mean, realistically, <clears throat> you know, I would say they're right up there with Manchester City as the top two best teams in Europe. I think Allison actually, and Van Dijk have done such a great job really making that team, like, their, their ability to attack, you know, so much greater with the fact that they have some security at the back. And I think adding an, an extra weapon... I think will be great. The one thing I do see possibly happening, if maybe if Olympic Leon lowers their price tag for him, I think I could see Nabil Fakir coming in there, and you know he can play a few different positions, you know, as an attacking mid or maybe even as a winger potentially, and just coming in there and being more depth, we, we giving more depth to Liverpool because we've we've always said that essentially their biggest weakness is is their depth. Yeah, exactly, and I I think. You made an interesting point. Um, having Timo Werner in your team, I think it would be kind of interesting to see him and Keita again. Um, obviously, we know that Keita was from RB Leipzig as well. So, yeah, uh, good shout. Not a, not a bad lineup. But 
yeah, like we kind of already said, I don't see Liverpool making too many moves this this uh, this transfer window. But yeah, definitely not because they they don't have the the resources to. It's just that they typically just don't really really need to change much except yeah depth it's always depth and also for me it's a bit defensively joe like matip has i think improved because he is beside van dyke um but realistically if you want kind of a more um you know secure back line it would probably be to change change or get another center back for sure and the only thing i guess i could say about that is maybe in a sense you know if like of course an upgrade would be better i think but having that center back partnership you know consistently going is very very important for teams like generally speaking it's the other than goalkeeper it's the position it's the two spots that almost never change in rotation right you want to have a good relationship between those two so that way they're always kind of you know able to communicate really well because that position really is all about communication uh first and foremost so next we'll go on to not the third place team but god's team manchester united uh, we got to throw them up up further than where they where they were uh, last season as far as the table goes. But um, Manchester United have already made some moves this summer. Um, whether, you know, therefore this next season or not is kind of still up in the air. I think one of them more so than the other. So we have David De Gea in net. Uh, don't see him, him leaving. Um, you know, up in... Uh, a shaky season last season for sure, but shaky um, by by his standards. By his too. standards, yeah, and I I, mm. I just don't think real realistically there's no keepers, uh, good ones realistic like you know starting eleven top world class keepers kind of on the market at the moment. Um, so yeah, I just have him uh, staying there. Aaron Wambasaka at right back with the departure of um, Antonio Valencia and hopefully. Ashley Young never has to play right back again. Um, I see Wambasaka starting. I, I would I would confidently say maybe starting right at the beginning of the season, um, and maybe save Delo for uh, cup games, uh, lesser games in the league. Uh, maybe even maybe even Europa League. Wouldn't mind to see him there as well. Lindelof I have as the center back, and this is where I have Harry Maguire kind of as the pairing for for Lindelof. Um, not that I don't, I don't hate Chris Smalling. I definitely see him staying at United. He'd be a solid, um, I, th- I think a backup for one of the two for Lindelof or Maguire, but to have him start, I think it's time to kind of move on from a starting position for Chris, Chris Smalling. And then I just have Luke Shaw left back. Um, he's, he's done fairly well there in the middle. I do have Pog- Paul Pogba staying at United. Um, just because, you know, I read something very interesting, actually, um, this week. So, Paul Pogba did say, come out, that he wants a new challenge. Um, and, I, and I read a tweet where, okay, maybe it's just a United fan kind of grasping at little little hope here, a little faith that, that Paul Pogba will stay. But there's always a chance that he could have meant at United. He didn't say... He wanted a challenge somewhere else. He just said he wanted a new challenge, which could it could be at United if they're if OGS doesn't make it, if they actually get uh, you know a certified 
manager who's a little bit more who has a little bit more under his belt um than OGS not that I haven't liked him we did praise him at the beginning when he came in last season um so there's always that possible chance and sure maybe I now sound like that crazy United fan who's just kind of grasping at nothing here but I kind of do possibly believe that that there's a chance he could stay and just wants a better challenge for United because maybe he knows that United should be really challenging for things. Um, so there's my little rant. I still have Pogba on the team. And then I have Mario Lamina who uh, from Southampton who is kind of um, linked with United. I think he would kind of be very interesting at United. I checked out his stats against United last season. He did really, really well. I just kind of think him and Pogba would be nice in the midfield. Um, you know, Pogba... They both have the ability to move up and play a bit more defensively, but in in this case, I think it would be Pogba kind of moving up a little bit more, not and not relying so much on his defensive abilities. Um, maybe Lamina can kind of take over that a little bit, but I just don't want to see Matic in the midfield anymore, really. Um, so I think that would be interesting there, uh, Pogba and Lamina. And then I have Jaden Sancho on the right wing. I just think that would be pretty cool to see to see him in the Premier League eventually. But I do, and this is me speaking genuinely, I do think he should stay. And I do kind of want to see him in the Bundesliga at least one more season before moving on to uh, a bigger club, which I think he will probably in the Premier League, um, just kind of going back to his roots. Um, and then I have Martial on the left. Um I just don't think we need to see much change there. And then I have my boy Jesse Lingard as a 10 in the middle. Um, just kind of being that that fulcrum. He has such a good work rate and can uh, has very good off-the-ball movement. I know last season he didn't do too much on the ball scoring-wise, assist-wise, stuff like that, uh, compared to the season prior where he was scoring goals. And, uh, you know... That's kind of when I really started to pay attention to his 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 play more. But I think he could still do a good job there in the number 10. And then I just have Rashford up top um, in what I think is his more natural position in the middle as the solo striker, especially with Romelu Lukaku possibly leaving. All right. Well, mine is pretty pretty similar to yours, Holly. Um yeah, so I have Aaron Wambasaka at the right back position. I think he's going to be amazing there. I think that fullback spot we've been needing some great fullback play for so long, and I think he's perfect there. I was really happy with that signing. I think every penny we paid for him was was really worth it. I do have Chris Smalling back there and and, and uh, Lindelof as well. I think Smalling will m- mostly be the starter. I think that's what their, uh, OGS is going to try and do there. I don't really see anybody big enough that's United is going to buy. I, I kind of think this is going to be a more or less a quiet a quiet summer for Manchester United. Uh, Luke Shaw on the left, as you said, Holly, outstanding season. David De Gea back there. I don't see him going, although there have been rumors over the past few seasons of Real Madrid. Like we said, I think that they're pretty content with their goalkeeper spot for now, at least. Uh, in the midfield, as uh, the double pivot in the 4-2-3-1 I have, I have Andreas Pereira and Scott McTominay back there. So McTominay being kind of that defensive cover, I think uh, he's, you know, I think that United is going to have to dig into their youth a bit more. And I think uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer really is kind of all for that. I think he likes bringing up the youth. I think, especially because, you know, 
he's so he's such a dyed in the wool uh, red devil. He really is. Like he 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 believes in bringing up the youth and trusting in those guys. We saw in the in the game against PSG and, and throughout the season he he brought. Uh, you know, the academy players up in spots. And I think that he's going to trust these guys right now and try to maybe not force the signing so much and let the squad set a little bit and figure out what he wants to do there. There is one signing, though, that I do like. And I do think he he would be a great addition to Manchester United, although I do agree with you, Holly. I do think he should stay with Borussia Dortmund for another few seasons. And it's Jaden Sancho. I think he would just be so incredible. He would add just another layer of pace and dribbling and a really good range of passing uh, from that right wing spot. In the in the uh, in the left wing spot, I think they're gonna give Tony Martial a chance, and I really want to see this chance. I want to see him given a solid chance, a solid, you know, run of starts. This is kind of wishful thinking, probably for me as a really big Tony Martial apologist. Um, and I I do think he can do really well if he gets if he gets going if the, if they keep the faith in him, he let let him get continuity with the squad. Underneath uh, at the at the ten spot, we have. Um, Jesse Lingard, like you said, Holly, I think he'd be great there. I think that's his best position. I and but you know what, Jesse Lingard's so versatile; he can do so many things that you know he's so great at pressing. He's probably he's one of the better pressers in the front line, I would say, and probably generally in the entire team. I think he can also score a lot more goals from that spot and link up with Rashford really well from there too. The thing, the thing with him though, I think is you know last season we saw the work rate got a little bit too much, I think, and that's why he got hurt a little bit more. And then up top as natural spot. Marcus Rashford. This is his season. This is, this is definitely it. He's, he's going to take that starting role as the number nine by the scruff of the neck, and he's not going to let it go. I, be, I believe it when I, with my heart. I, I do believe he's going to do it. Uh, so yeah, that is my starting 11 for Manchester United. So Holly, I kind of said before this uh, the start of that, I, I really don't think they should, and I really, really don't want them to sign too many players. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see my sort of bearing that out that I don't think they will do that. I think they're going to take the guys that they've loaned out, like, you know, Fosu Mensa, Twanzibi, bring them back and kind of have that depth and solidity back there and just use those guys. Those guys have had enough experience out there. So we could potentially see Twanzibi also coming up eventually if, if uh, Ole, like, kind of tr- trusts him and, and sees that he's got some worth there. Um, why do you think, though, that Harry Maguire would come to Manchester United, though, in the spot? that they have right this what they're in right now i just think like i said before it center back isn't a dire need for manchester city it's just more of a of a depth thing and i think uh going from starting at hull going from starting at leicester he's going to want a starting role he's not going to settle for a uh, a backup position at, at a big team despite being being at manchester city um and I just think United are kind of more in need of a center back. We've seen, I don't know, it feels like forever since we've had a decent center back pairing. I think it's, I think it is just starting with Lindelof and Smalling. Um, just because, you know, we had so much faith in Bay. I really enjoyed Bay his first season, but then he's just so, so, so injury prone. He could never, um, never start consistently. And then, you know, before Lindelof, it was going between smalling and jones and and rojo and and attempting to throw by in there i it's just it was too much and i think manchester united need a solid center back pairing um harry mcguire is great in the air he's great on set pieces um not that smalling isn't i do think smalling is also pretty good in the air he's he's definitely got the height for it but 
I could just see, you know, Maguire kind of staying back a little bit more. Lindelof being the the ball carrying center back a bit. Um, it will allow Manchester United to play a, a little bit better from the back. Uh, I think Smalling can sometimes be a liability on the ball. Um, so that, I just kind of see it being more of a need for Maguire. I, I mean, for United. Well, I think I just think that he's such a quality center back that I think he would start at Manchester City. I personally think he is. I think he's. I think I trust him a bit more than Stones. I think he's actually better on the ball than Stones even is. And a lot of it has been made about Stones being so good and comfortable on the ball. I think Harry Maguire is even better. Maybe lacking a little bit of athleticism for sure. But, you know, I think his intelligence really covers for that. And, you know, his ability to be just so damn comfortable back there. And I think that City need that guy in the air, which is... You know, I mean, not that I don't see him being great. You know, I do. I think both him and Lindelof would be an awesome pairing because, you know, he, I would say, is a bit more of a disciplined center back. Lindelof needs that. Lindelof likes to carry the ball out and play, you know, and play a lot of passes there and, and bring it bring it out from the back as well. You know, not that McGuire can't do that too, but I think that, um, and I do and I do think that if it happens, it'd be a great, great fit. Um, but but I think that, you know, he, he would really kind of be almost like the Van Dyke in that situation. He would really add a lot of calm to Manchester United. Um, but yeah, and I agree with you. It's really it's the biggest spot that's been a problem for Manchester United. It's the it's the spot that last season was finally exposed when David de Gea wasn't playing at his absolute peak. So you know it got exposed more that our center backs have like a very bad like it's a very bad problem with uh, with Manchester United that like you know they really allow for a lot of the chances they allow for a lot of the saves that David de Gea makes. So I think if they do get Harry Maguire, I think that would um, solve a lot of things for sure. Um, I like the Mario Lemieux signing for sure. I personally like sticking with uh, the academy, and I do think Lamina has had some some issues, kind of that have been kind of kept under wraps. But like you know, he's had some issues with clubs, and so I don't think I want that in the locker room at least. And I think that uh, Ole will also not want that. So which is why I'm kind of going with the homegrown talent. Okay, so we'll move on to Tottenham Hotspur now, uh, Champions League finalists. They did pretty well last season for not buying a single player in in literally just over a year, I believe. Um, and obviously, they've already kind of they've already broken that this year. They already got Ndombele, who I think will will be in their lineup pretty much right away. Um, for Tottenham, I also think that they won't necessarily buy too many players this summer. Um, like we were kind of talking about pre-record, um, I think, like you said, and Dombelli could be their only signing of of this summer. But I do kind of have a little bit of a mix-up here in the lineup. So I have uh, Loris at in goal. I have uh, Rose Vertonghen and Davidson Sanchez actually uh, starting. I just kind of think uh, Sanchez needs to be starting a little bit more, especially since Vertonghen and Aldevreld are getting a little bit up there in age. Not that I don't think that they're a really good center back pairing. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they are the center back pairing for uh, the majority of the season, especially at the the beginning. So that is obviously kind of interchangeable for me. Um, But an interesting one at right back, just because if you've listened to previous episodes, we both had Trippier at a different team. So we can't put him on uh, Tottenham just because we both think he's leaving and maybe not the quality right back that uh, Tottenham need at the moment. I have Sidibe going to Tottenham um, from from Monaco. He had a good season 
uh, when was it, 2015-16, when Monaco had that run, when they had Mbappe, Lamar, um, Bakayoko, all those types of players, he did really well. I've, cur- I've uh, up until now, I've been surprised that he hasn't moved uh, clubs. I always thought he would be one of the ones to leave that right after that season, but he stayed. And I just think he's kind of a, a really good quality right back, uh, better than Kieran Trippier, and probably one of the best out there at the moment who would at least be willing to move or kind of on the on the market. And then obviously we have Ndombele, and I have Harry Winks um, in the middle as well, just because I think to have him implemented more in the starting 11 would be good. And then here's where it gets a little interesting for me. I have Hakeem Ziyech as kind of like a number 10 uh, playmaker taking over Christian Eriksen's role because I think Eriksen kind of wants to leave um, Tottenham Hotspur. And then up front, I just have Lucas Mora after a really good season with Tottenham. Out on the right, I have um, Son more on the left and then Harry Kane in in the in the middle obviously as a striker so it's kind of like the front three again I don't see changing too much in those attacking positions they don't necessarily need too much um but it would be kind of interesting to see a different kind of playmaker in the middle and then obviously a better right back in Sidibe so that's why I have for Tottenham I'd have a pretty similar uh well at least a somewhat similar lineup yeah so similar similar formation four two three one uh, Danny Rose, I think, is going to be the left back. I think he's pretty much got that spot until, you know, he starts to age out. Bertong and Alderweireld, I can't see that partnership changing, which we got to talk about. Uh, and then, obviously, the replacement for Kieran Trippier uh, would be Mounier from PSG, Thomas Mounier. I think he's really solid, reliable, right back. It would definitely be an upgrade defensively and probably an upgrade uh, in the attacking phase as well, for sure. Um, and then Suzoko, I think he'll probably be the guy as one of the double pivots aside uh, alongside Ndombele. So um, it's tricky. It's definitely tricky with that spot. It, you know, I think that they might like Soko because of his ability to cover up a little bit more defensively. Uh, up front, I have Son obviously coming off his amazing season. This one was a tricky one though. Um, so I don't have, I have Christian Eriksen going to Real Madrid. And there's been a lot of talk about uh, Hakim Ziyech leaving Ajax I think he wants to leave I think it's time especially with the team kind of you know starting to fall apart a little bit I think he'll want to get out of there for sure so I think he'll come to Tottenham um and possibly play like kind of what Erickson played before you know uh Pochettino showed his ability to make guys adapt to a system you know Erickson is much more a 10 I would say but did play a lot on the right and um I think it's been tricky but I think they love uh, Deli Alley, so I do think they'll keep him in the middle. I think he's going to have a bounce back season, like in like the season he had a couple years ago, where he had double digit assists and goals. And of course, Harry Kane up top. You get, of course, you guys guessed it. But Holly, so you have the Belgium tandem at the back breaking up. I cannot see that. You got to tell me why, though. Well, like I already kind of said, I just think both of them are kind of getting up there in age. It's not going to last forever. Might as well slot in Sanchez. Um, more here and there just to kind of get more used to a starting position and a different pairing. Um, you're going to have to break them up sometime. And it's just like, like I said, I could, I'm not going to be surprised if they're still the starting center back pairing for Tottenham for this season. Uh, I just see it slowly kind of fading away. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I definitely 
I could see Winks moving in there at times, but I mostly think it's going to be Suzoko. I just think that he's a little bit more experienced, and I think that experience helps him defensively for sure. Um, what about what about Deli Ali though? We got to talk about Deli Ali and Lucas Moura because I thought about Lucas Moura, but I think he does have some cardio issues, which I think have kept him out of that, those starting spots for the most part. Um, I think they just love Deli Ali, but I personally think that they maybe should kind of move away from him at least a little bit because he's very young. He could rebound as long as you give him some time. I think. Yeah, I just think. Um, yeah, like I'm not saying kind of dump Deli Ali or drop him right away necessarily but uh like you said a few seasons ago when he was racking up goals and assists uh, they were really heavily relying on Deli Alley and he was kind of like the surprise for for Tottenham if it if it wasn't Harry Kane or if it wasn't Erickson it was Deli Alley he was a big big key player for them just a few seasons ago and we kind of haven't seen that uh, at least uh on the ball obviously off the ball he kind of he he can move around and and kind of like helps him out there, but he does do a lot. Like he he presses yeah. a lot. He 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 play. He's been playing a different role, which is why I think the goals and the assists have come down quite a bit. And Sun's also gotten a lot even more involved than he was in the past few seasons. Like Sun's always been there, you know. But Ali definitely has his you know scoring and creative. Uh, kind of aspect of, of his ga- his, of his game, at least in Tottenham system, kind of faded away for sure. Personally, I'll be kind of surprised if they do get Ziyech. I think he's great for them, but I, I oh I'm, yeah, I don't I don't think they'd break bank for anybody else other than Ndombele. Yeah, I think that's kind of the thing we well we kind of been saying, and you're gonna see what the next two teams are about to do. That I don't really think that Tottenham is going to... They haven't been the team to spend a ton of money. And I don't. I still don't think they will. They're, they're looking mostly for gems. And, you know, right now it looks like they're just kind of replacing the spots they needed. They needed a guy to replace Moussa uh, Dembele, and they did with Ndombele, I think. Um, and then Erickson, if he goes, they got to replace him, right? But yeah. we'll, ultimately, we'll see. There, there's chances that Lucas Moore could slot into that spot as well. Moving on to our fifth club... Second last club that we'll do for today, um, Chelsea FC. Obviously, okay, this one was fairly easy, but also not at the same time. We know that Chelsea are under a transfer ban, which they cannot buy any players for, I believe it's what, two transfer windows? So this transfer window and the winter. Basically, for this entire season, they'll be pulling a Tottenham Hotspur, but not by choice. Yeah. Obviously, they've broken some, some, some rules involving. I think it was their youth, um, how they were kind of dealing with that. So they're banned, but they do have a new manager in Frank Lampard, and just kind of based off of um, his system at or with Derby County last season is kind of how I based off my starting eleven for uh, this new Chelsea team. We do, obviously, okay, they did get Christian Pulisic before this ban. They've permanently bought Kovacic, and they've also permanently sold Morata. So they they can do little bits of business um, within their within their ban, but that's also just because uh, they were already loaning out Morata. They were already loaning in Kovacic, so they can, they can sneak through the lines. Well, he was technically part of the Courtois deal, apparently. So, which is part of why they could do that. Also, Higuain was potentially 
in the running to get bought, but they decided to go with Kovacic, which was interesting. I never knew that something like that could happen. Yeah, well, that's just kind of like the sneaky, sneaky ways of contracts and how FIFA, you know, can slip, like, how they can slip in these deals here and there. That's all in the fine prints that we don't really hear about until later on if they actually happen. So, yeah, I didn't know that uh, they got, but they do have Kovacic on a permanent deal. So here's kind of what I have. Uh, obviously, Keppa in, in goal, he did have a great season last year. For me personally, not really knowing who he was coming into Chelsea, I was very surprised that they got him, that they were starting him, and then he turned out to be a very good keeper for them in the back. Um, I just have Aspilicueta at right back, Rudiger and Louise as a center back pairing, and then Emerson finally kind of getting a more starting role at left back. Um, I do have Jorginho just in front of the back line as like a single pivot. And then Conte just in front of him and Pulisic and Willian on the wings. And here is where I have uh, two strikers. Actually, I have Tammy, Tammy Abraham and Michy Batshuayi just because I think um, Frank Lampard will give Batshuayi more of a chance. I hope this is finally his chance at a club. He's been all over the past few seasons ever since basically coming to Chelsea um he was in a bit he was in a bit more of a starting role at uh, Marseille when he was there in his last season and ever since these past few seasons going from Dortmund to Valencia to Chelsea kind of just going all over um I just would kind of like to see him at a starting role at a decent club so I kind of have him up top there for Chelsea all right so my lineup for Chelsea looks a little bit like this. Uh, another one, a 4-2-3-1. Pretty much the standard formation seems like uh, with a lot of these teams in the top six of the Premier League. So I have, um, like you said, Holly, I don't. I, I, it looks like they're not going to be trying to overturn that ban. So it looks like they'll be sticking with what they already have. So I have Marcus Alonso at left back, Kepa as the keeper, Rudiger and Christensen as the center backs. I think Christensen will get the, 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 the nod there. I think... You know, Louise is getting older. His athleticism can't make up too much for the mistakes he often does make. So I think that they might try to go with with uh, uh, Christensen, uh, move him up there. Aspilicueta as the right back, although he could potentially play a center back. He did play one in a, in a three at the back system with Antonio Conte. Um, and then we have uh, N'Golo Conte as kind of that destroyer midfielder that he's always been. You know, and then we have Jorginho. It, by the looks of it, it looks like he's staying at Chelsea. So I could see him definitely being the starter since he's such a great uh, passer of the ball. Uh, up top, I think we got to see Pulisic starting, especially with uh, Calum Hudson-Odoi injured for the foreseeable future. Uh, Willian on the right. I don't think he's going anywhere. And then Barkley as the 10, just like he was at Everton. So I think that's probably a suitable spot for him. And I also have Michy Batshuayi getting that starting spot as the striker, I really do hope, just like you, Holly, that he gets he finally gets a chance here. I think Lampard's got to give him the chance. I think he's the most solid striker, to be honest with you, with the, with the flashes that we've seen. I don't think Giroud can start. I really, really don't. And I think that Batshuayi is the guy. I, I really do think he is. And, and as long as they give him a chance and you know he's going to be surrounded by a good team. He's even shown flashes with Chelsea in, at other times while he's been there. So I, I do think that they absolutely have to give him the start here, especially with very few options left. Um, overall, Holly, we mostly, like you said, we don't really see them moving on from anybody. The midfield is 
probably the biggest thing where we kind of were a little bit unsure, I guess, mm-hmm. who might be starting. I could see Kovacic possibly slotting in there, maybe if they if they don't if Lampard doesn't really like uh, Jorginho. There could be a lot of youth products possibly coming up as well from Chelsea's system, you know, especially with like all all the issues that they've had. Like they they really got to dig into whatever they have now for the next year and a bit, so they can they can really keep going here. Lastly, we'll just uh, quickly touch on Arsenal. Um, we'll just dive right into it. We have uh, Leno in goal. I have okay. I do have Hector Bellerin as the right back. I know he's um, still recovering from his. I think it was an ACL, um, but I do see him kind of retaining that right back position once he does come back. I have uh, Callum Chambers. As a center back, which is a little interesting, just because okay, um, Socrates and Koscielny are dropping off heavily, and there's kind of been some. I don't really know if the situation is going on at um, Arsenal right now, but Koscielny did not want to go or did not travel with Arsenal in preseason. Um, I don't really know too much detail about that, but I wouldn't be surprised if he just kind of gets benched or falls off, gets transferred, I don't know, something like that. So I have actually Eric Bailly kind of slotting in for Arsenal. Um, he has been rumored there before. I wouldn't mind seeing him just kind of uh, move on from United just to, you know, maybe he fits the system better. Maybe he won't get injured as much, the work rate, I don't know. Um, I just kind of see, I think Arsenal do need a, a different center back pairing and a solid one. So to kind of have Chambers come up and take a starting role and then getting Eric Bailly would be obviously an upgrade. Uh, and then I have Klasenac at left back, Xhaka and Torreira at midfield, and then Ozil in the number 10. Uh, don't see much changing there. I do have Lacazette and Aubameyang up top, but also joining them, I have Willie Zaha, who they are heavily rumored from Crystal Palace. I think he would actually be a good addition there. I do like Zaha as much as I don't like Arsenal. I think it would be kind of interesting to see him there, um, possibly shine a little bit more than what he does at Crystal Palace. He is the the man at Crystal Palace, but I do think it's time for him to move on to at least a better club. Well, like you said, Holly, I don't think uh, Arsenal could do much worse than what they've had with center backs over the last couple of years. I do have Leno in goal. I think he's going to have a solid season, actually, despite the defensive issues in front of him. Uh, Bellerin, of course, I see him going in there uh, as the right back as he returns for sure. He's just way too talented to not start him there. Uh, I have Socrates still sticking at least one one of the center back spots. Costiani, I think he's... I, I, I don't know if he's going to have to really repair a lot of, of his relationship with uh, with the team uh, before he comes back into any sort of spot there. I do have Eric Bay going there because I think he, he really um, he got a bad taste in his mouth with Manchester United over the past couple of years, it seems like. Uh, if, he, if he's healthy, he's one of the best center backs in the league, honestly, and not many people are going to agree with me on that, but I've seen his talent. He, he's so athletic, so good with the ball, his feet, a great tackler, he's really aggressive. He could be very good um, at Arsenal. I have Felipe Luis actually joining Arsenal. I think um, I think uh, he'd be great in this in, in this uh, system here, where the fullbacks you know are dependent to be so attacking. And I think he would also add. He'd probably be one of the best defensive fullbacks for sure on Arsenal. Uh, no no doubt about it. And I think he would would really add a lot to their team. I have Gunduzi in midfield. 
um, and, again, alongside Tarheya. I think Ganduzi could, you know, just be, you know, being a little bit more athletic, having a bit more of an engine than uh, Granit Xhaka. And Xhaka's inconsistencies as well. I just think that they really need to move on from Granit Xhaka. I have Pierre Emerick Aubameyang on the left, Mesut Ozil in the middle, so he's not going anywhere. I don't think, especially with his wages. I do see Willie Zaha going there. You know, he's he's from London, so I, I definitely can't see him going. He could pretty much play almost any spot along that. Um, you know, he could play a false nine, an attacking mid, or a winger. So he would add a lot of vers- versatility to that team and so much creativity. I mean, like you said, I, I really don't like Arsenal, but I would really love to see Willie Zaha getting to play from, uh, for a team that's going to win a little bit more than Crystal Palace. And then, of course, Lacazette up top. So, Ollie, we don't really see Arsenal making a ton of moves. Even We're probably forcing a few of these, in all honesty. Yeah. It, it's hard to. It, it's honestly hard to believe they might even make some of these moves. It sounds like they may not even make the Zaha move. So, it's really tough to see. This club, I've said it before, you know, they really just don't have much ambition. And it's sad for their fans. You know, that, you know I know a lot of Arsenal fans, they just, every time I, I walk up to them, they all look really depressed. So, I do feel a little bit bad for them there. But, you know... The club's got to just have more ambition, they, they, and they haven't shown that at all. No, they haven't. And, uh, yeah, it would be hard to see them. Like, that Zaha move has been heavily linked, and it seems like it's been going on for a while, but n- no ad- real advances have been made, and I feel like that just kind of sums up Arsenal um, as a football club, to be honest, at least in, in recent years. But moving on, we'll talk about a, quickly a few topics off the pitch. Um Starting off with Neymar, just so much drama revolving around that guy. I never know what to think. Uh, on a good day when he is willing to play for whatever club he's playing for, I do think he is a really great, pl- a really really great player. It's just the fact that his attitude and all this kind of shit that he carries along with him, um, my respect for him just kind of goes down a bit. And I, I don't know what the situation is if he will stay or leave at PSG, um, if he will go back to Barcelona, it'll be very interesting. But uh, I just, I don't know really what to think about this guy. I really don't either. I never know if he's the guy that people are cracking him up to be or making him out to be this superstar. And I really don't, I've never really thought he's, I've never even seen really glimpses of the talent that people supposedly say that he has. I mean, I would take Eden Hazard any day over over Neymar for sure. And, you know, I think there has been a lot made of the fact that, you know, his dad, his father is, is basically his manager and a lot of other people around him, I think, are kind of affecting his decisions, you know. It, but apparently, which is crazy, that he didn't want to go to PSG. And, like, I understand maybe why, but PSG is becoming a huge brand right now, a massive brand. And it really is kind of... It's hard to believe that he wouldn't want to take that team and, and bring them to where they need to be. Like, he can say maybe, okay, look, in the last two seasons of the Champions League, I wasn't there to help get them to win, and maybe he can make that as an excuse. But I just haven't seen it, you know. And I think Neymar, re- or sorry, excuse me, Mbappe has really taken over PSG and made it his team rather than Neymar, you know. And I think that, in a sense, really looks, looks bad on Neymar. Not that Mbappe's not a great player, but the fact he's being overtaken by this 19-year-old is pretty 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 dramatic stuff and you know I, I can't even see him going back to Barcelona for the simple reason that like you know he can kind of be a bit of a cancer in the locker room and I don't think Barcelona wants it I think they know that 
Well, we kind of already talked about my thoughts on Paul Bugba, so I'm interested to see what your thoughts are, Jeff. You didn't have him in your lineup. Uh, you haven't really said much about him, so what, what do you think is going to go happen with Paul Pogba this summer? Look, I've said before, I, I do love Paul Pogba. I think he's a great player. I think he's, like uh, Ole Gunnar said, uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer said in a press conference uh, just a bit ago, that there's an agenda against him. They're 100, and there 100% is. There is an agenda against Paul Pogba. I'm not saying he's perfect. You know, he's not. There are times where he's on the field and he's throwing his arms up, saying, like, as the ball's not coming off properly and your ball's getting taken off of him when he's trying to do something great and maybe the players aren't in the proper spots and the talent level is not up to his and maybe they're losing morale. And, you know, he was a great leader in the World Cup. And maybe part of that was because of the fact that he he could get them over that hump in a shorter period of time, right? Whereas, like, you know, it's a long season uh, for any club, you know, going from basically, you know, for, for, for over 60 games, right? So it's, it's very difficult to rally that club when you're losing so much. And he has a winning mentality from Juventus, right? So, and obviously the one great season with Manchester City, or excuse me, Manchester United. The thing I will say about him is I don't think that Manchester United has invested properly around Paul Pogba like they should have. And for that reason, I do understand why he wants to go. I don't want him to go, but I think maybe for his happiness, I'm okay with him going. Yeah, well, we'll definitely see uh, what happens. There's still a few more weeks remaining uh, uh, for this summer transfer window. I think it'll start to heat up pretty soon with everything coming to an end and with the season's really beginning. Uh, most most club managers kind of want a se- uh, their team to be set before preseason, and obviously preseason already has begun. So we'll see what clubs make more moves, especially the ones that we've already talked about. We will continue and finish this series next uh, episode. We'll finish off with Borussia Dortmund, Bayern Munich, and Paris Saint-Germain. Until then, you can follow our social media on Twitter, Instagram, at Tiki Taka Pod, and you can find our individual Twitters from there as well. But until then, we will catch you next time.